At Chiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Where highly trained service technicians have your back, helping you take care of the small stuff before it becomes big stuff. Plus a full range of services from Pennzoil oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more. We've got what your car needs so you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care, that's a job for Jiffy. Find a Pennzoil pouring service center near you at JiffyLube.com. going on everyone this is the go long podcast tyler dunn here with jim monas on a sunday evening jim how's life we're not that far from each other even though we're remote we're both uh hamburg cold in boston ish right hey it's i like that we're we're settling into our sunday pod like our, our routine we're getting ready for the regular season that's right. Enough yeah, of this preseason. I just saw on Twitter. I saw Joe Flacco through a ridiculous interception. I just saw it on Twitter. I was like, man. Good way to cap the preseason, isn't that? Just, it's, it's nice a way. I Flacco. can just picture those teams right now. Like, just get it over with. Let's get this thing. Let's get going. Let's get going. Yeah, I like the uh, the screenshots of the healthy inactives that teams are putting out. Like, it's you could, like, field four different teams with the game day inactives. It's it's hard to even. I, I still don't know. And you, I know you've been paying attention, and we all do. It's not like I don't pay attention to preseason. I do. I try to read about the games, and I just really don't like watching them. But I like keeping track of who's healthy, just whatever. But have you taken away anything? Um, as far as like, I will say this: Are you in the Bills division? The Jets. I, I don't. I don't know. The Patriots. I don't know. Like, are those – it seems like Tua has a little more energy in his game and, and kind of what's going on down there than what the other teams have as far as just the – when I say the energy, kind of the vibe that you're see, seeing and reading. Um, we'll yeah. see if that plays out. But Miami seems to have a little life. Um, I think a general feeling of momentum one direction or the other does mean something. It's kind of a combination, right, of – training camp reports and what the, the beat guys are, are seeing day in and day out, the, the exhibition games, injuries, the state of the division. And I'm with you on the Patriots. I mean, Matt, Patricia, Joe judge, Bill Belichick. We don't really know what the hell is going seemed, on. With that right. Offense. Right. It seems, it just yeah. seems discombobulated. And that's not the way you want to bring along a young quarterback. I'm no expert, but it doesn't seem like I'd want to just roll the red carpet out for, Oh, third and nine quarterbacks sneaking Joe Judge, uh, but there they are. And then the Jets, it's like, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson gets a, gets dinged up. I like what they did in the draft. I like what Joe Douglas has done o- overall, but I think it's just we've got to see it out of the Jets, right? And they kind of went the the youth route, so it, they're a year or two away, even if you're optimistic about the team. Uh, but the Dolphins, I'm with you. It's I mean, that offense with, with Mike McDaniel and the way that he can scheme things up. I, I think that's what it is speed, for me. The raw speed everywhere, all over the field. It is the best possible situation for Tua Tunga Viola when he was in 
the worst possible situation last year. That's what's intriguing to me too about, because I think we've talked enough about where I do see the flaws with Tua with his decision-making and overall just his decision-making was terrible. And then just the overall, you know, big playability. But that might have been part of their offense that held him back. And maybe, you know, maybe he gets more out of him. And because he, I like to his toughness when you watch him play, he does play with toughness. And, and, you know, we always talk about that. That to me is number one for every position. So he has some intriguing things that maybe this is true coaching where, hey, I don't have a top five quarterback. I don't have a top 10 quarterback, maybe. But do I have a guy good enough I can win with? and use his strengths, you know, his talents the way they needed to be used. So I do have a team in the, um, in the NFC that is intriguing me. Who's that? And you're going to laugh because you're going to laugh. I don't know if you want. I, I got one too. I wonder if it's the same team. I'm completely intrigued by this team. It's Baker Mayfield. Ooh. I feel like, I feel like that defense is pretty good. You've been talking about Carolina's defense for a while. We've talked about yes, that Carolina defense is legit. I'm a I'm a big McCaffrey fan, and we all know his problem is health. But that receiving core with McCaffrey, and if if Baker is is good enough, like just be good. They're intriguing because think about is Tampa is Tampa what is going on in Tampa? Think about their division. What is going on in New Orleans at quarterback? Is Jameis good enough? You know? And then you, you have see, uh, Tom Brady his press conference. Yeah, that's what I'm press saying. And then you have Atlanta on there. Something happened. That's right? what I'm saying. What the way he the, the, the cheekbone structure, a little too oh, it's, chiseled for my liking. There's a there's some picture with him and uh Tony Dungy. And I'll, you can look it up from Twitter, and it looks like two aliens. Like they look. It, there's some strange photos of Brady. He's had he's had some good good doctors. I love the quote though. I'm 45 years old. I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> like seriously. I mean, it really is almost too true. It's like it's a great statement. You can't you can't debate it. I like they're definitely going to put that on a shirt at TV 12 and make money off it. Right? I, I, like, I may buy guaranteed. it. I may buy it. I'd buy it. I, I'm in. I'm in. I just got to be able to change the age. Maybe does it work if you're 35? I don't know if that works. I'm going to say I'll go ahead and say 35 till till you want to <laughs> you pick when it stops. I love the point on Carolina. Just back to Tua real quick. You know what? What stands out to me, and, and we don't really talk about this <clears> enough <throat> because we're so obsessed with like arm strength or um, just improvisational skills or right. athleticism or speed, That's like Lamar the, Jackson. Yeah. It, but he does have he does have a distinctive quality as a quarterback that not a lot of guys have, and that is just the ball placement on shallow routes. Like yeah. you watch his accuracy, and and I get it, Mike McDaniel's his coach, but what, what did he say to your your guy Dan Levitar down there? It's the most I, I saw quarterback that. he's ever seen. But yeah. there is something too like placing the ball with timing in the perfect spot Tyler. to an insanely no fast question. receiver with a step. I mean, that's how Tom Brady has extended his career. You look at it's, how the ball, like the, the nose oh. of the ball is just tilting down and it's in stride. It's when it needs to be there. Like Tua does that really, really well. And now you give him Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, you know, Cedric Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. It, 
it's it's a recipe for just a ton of fun, a ton of points. I think Miami's going to be able to hang with pretty much any team they play offensively. Now, do they have anybody that can stop the Bills? I don't I don't know, but I know they have a but, good lockdown corner. And I was going to say maybe don't say the Bills because the Bills might be that you know that might be for every team who can stop the Bills. You know they need to be able to beat the teams. Make sure they yeah. beat the teams like the Patriots and Jets. Take that step right now and establish yourself as that next, you know, team to threaten the Bills. Um, I think that's where they could take their big jump, um, just in the division. I'm with you, though, on Miami. I think that they're a playoff team. There's something about the two yeah. can have a very good year. It's going to be – It's so that's what I'm – I guess I kind of wanted to say that's what I'm taking away from yeah. the preseason, which it's good. And also, I don't know if we really got into uh, this aspect of it with Tua, but I just keep hearing how bad it was with Brian Flores and that coaching staff. And that's they did him no favors, like in team meetings, the way that he would talk about Tua in front of everybody. I, I get it. He's a big boy, right? You're the fifth overall pick. You got to be able to handle it. But it doesn't do much for your quarterback's confidence if you clearly don't have the the public support of your coach. I mean, publicly, it was obvious he wanted Deshaun Watson and, you know, he's toggling between him and Ryan Fitzpatrick the year before. Like, didn't really like him. But but privately, too, I, I think he wasn't saying the nicest things about him. Um, again, they're big boys. They can handle it. But I think you're going to see a major improvement in terms of just supporting your young quarterback, right? I mean, it kind of matters. I love it. Like, I love what McDaniel – right. I think you have to. It's like, I feel like it's like the opposite for Carson Wentz. It, I feel like everywhere he's been, they couldn't wait for him to keep it moving. Like, there's that looks pretty good, Jim. Oh, I saw Sam yeah. Howell looks like a starting quarterback to me. I don't know. Uh, yes, I did see. I tell you what, I and that, um, some of those highlight throws that Malik Willis makes for Tennessee, yes. Those, you know, see, that's the fun part of the preseason where you can see that that's how you should do it. Just like we just did. That's good preseason talk. Like, hey, some of those guys showed they had some good plays and we're not saying they're going to be great quarterbacks or anything, but they certainly showed something, you know, and that's what you want to take away from the preseason. But now I'm, I can't wait now. I'm, I'm ready for this thing. All right. There's no easy transition from uh, the exhibition season into NFL teams harboring uh, punters accused of gang raping a 17 year old, but we have to get right into this because that's why everybody's listening. That's yeah, what we're talking yeah. about the last 48 to 72 hours. It's disturbing. It's frankly disgusting. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody's caught up on the details. Do yourself a favor, go out and, and read the civil lawsuit. It's all out there. Uh, the details of it are difficult to read, to vocalize, but hmm. this allegedly happened at a party in October, San Diego State. And yeah, it's, I, I don't know how anybody could acquire this information, Jim. And um, the attorney for the accuser talked to the Bills general counsel in late July, delivering the details of these accusations. Now, there weren't criminal charges, but it has been under investigation, correct? So that there is that, and the civil lawsuit then was around the bend. But uh, 
as Brandon Bean called it Saturday night, the boulders, he called it the boulders. Um, an interesting interpretation for the alleged gang raping of a 17 year old, but they had the boulders of the accusations. And what did they do with this information? Well, the PR team, I mean, who knows what really happened behind the scenes? I guess the PR department, uh, when this blew up LA times civil suit, when everybody else found out, they scrambled together this statement that they gave it a thorough examination but what the thorough examination failed to do was acquire any further information from the accuser's attorney or the accuser. They got Matt Reza's story and believed him, I suppose. Cut the other punter. Sean McDermott goes on Pardon My Take, most popular sports podcast in the country. Calls him a great kid, yucks it up. Says, hey, they're going to have a competition. Who can throw the ball, punt the ball farther? Josh Allen, Matt Reza. Um, I don't know how you have any shred of information regarding this case and conduct yourselves the way the Bills have from late July till the LA Times story in the civil suit. When you are pumping up the quote-unquote punt god at every opportunity. I mean, there's a puff piece on the team website as well. Sean McDermott referred to him as the punt god on that same podcast. Um, you know, Josh Allen has praised him. It's he's, he's has been propped up as like this cult like figure. I mean, McDermott said to the guys that pardon my take, the two most popular players here in Buffalo are Josh Allen and Matt Reza. Um, I don't know how you do. I mean, that this is not a time for celebration. Like, yes, he's caught. That was the only option the Bills had. That's it. There was no other option at this point. But they only did it after the accusations became public knowledge. When everybody else found out what they knew, it was, oh, shit. Yeah, this is pretty bad. We're going to move on from them. Um, I get it, right? It's under investigation and due process, all of that. But players have been cut for far, far less than this, let alone punters. I'll shut the hell up, Jim. What was your initial reaction to this uh, shitstorm when it went down? No, we've talked about it, you know, just texting privately. I mean, it's it's a it's such a nightmare for that, you know, when you read those details to think what what she went through and then to think that he would be part of your team. That's you have that's why the release is immediate. That's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, the release part. You know, what we talk about and where I take this into at least why I feel like sometimes I'm on the shows, at least to think about it from what they went through in drafting him. And, you know, we'll go back to the area scout starts the process and, and they get all these, you know, they'll know that maybe there was something out there on him, but there was no arrest. Maybe there weren't a lot of details. So maybe it just doesn't get talked about in a real serious manner where, if the scout or somebody's not saying, Hey, we need to look into this. It's strange. I just don't have a lot of details, you know, cause Brandon B made a good point. We're GMs, we're coaches, scouts. We're not police investigators. Like we, we hear things and then we turn it over to, we have people that would do that, but a background check that might not show up on a background check. So I don't know that. I'm just saying, I see where maybe it could get kind of passed by because if you're not pounding the table that we need to look into this, it might not get looked into. 
So I guess I'm trying to give you that where it could, you know, where it's, I I want, I'm going to say, I don't want to say the word innocent, but it's not like they're trying to mask it. They just didn't, it just wasn't made a big deal to, to whoever, you know, so you can't present it like a big deal. But that's draft weekend. Okay. Like now, okay. That was talking more, right. Now we'll get to the draft. Which, you know, that is a story unto itself. What was really known, what was really said, what was really ignored. Um, But let's fast forward to when they did have information, the quote unquote boulders. Now, they're not going to come out and say, this is what the attorney told us. But I would imagine if you're the attorney for Jane Doe, um, the 17 year old, then you're probably divulging quite a bit detail to the Buffalo Bills general counsel. Yes. And there was no follow-up, he said, the attorney. Um, you know, this is I, – I have I got the lawsuit from their office myself, Jim. I feel like, you know, as hard as it is to read and, and say, like, we probably should just review it real quick and what the accusations are. I don't um, even Joe, know. So, yeah, I would – yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's what's important. I think it's like this is a real thing. This is real the real life. This is what is really being it's, accused. Okay? So, like – Doe, this is from the civil lawsuit. Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. One thing I wanted to say, and before you get into this, that and and Brandon Bean was is in a tough spot on that press conference. It's that's this is nothing that anybody wants to talk about. It's just so terrible. But to say that you care more about culture than you do winning, that's wrong. Because. You, you care, it, you do care about winning. What you want is, what I thought would have been a good way to say that is we care, you know, we believe so much in culture helping us win. And that's how you win is, is having culture. Right. And, you know, say it that way. But I, I didn't, I did not like saying that, you know, you believe in culture more than winning because I feel like you did everything you could to find out um, to keep this guy to give you your best chance to win. That's really the whole point of the story that I'll I just wanted to say that. Sorry. That was just my little, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, if this is the, uh, the Oakland Raiders back in the sixties, seventies, whatever, some renegade team that's always taking chances on guys. It's really bad, but people come to expect certain moves from certain sports franchises. This is a team that's been trumpeting character, integrity, accountability, at every turn culture. And I'll admit Jim, like I'm the first person to mock culture. Or I used to be as eh, I'd rather have talent. No, I honest culture is a real thing. It, no question. I, I've done a 180 on that and yeah. it's very, very real. You need it. Um, we're, I, I spent some time with the Minnesota Vikings. We'll have something up on, on them later this week. They're trying to establish a culture like that matters, but you, you just nailed it. Like if your culture is so strong, it does not allow players like Matt Areza to, to get a uniform to win a punting competition when you have any information. So here's that information, at least per the lawsuit that's out there now. Um, who knows how much of this was relayed to the bills in detail from the attorney. I think we have to assume quite, quite a bit quote Doe and her friends 
entered the residence through the side gate, which led into a backyard where people were playing drinking games and socializing. Early on in the evening, Doe became separated from her friends and was approached by Reza, who could observe that Doe was heavily intoxicated. He handed her a drink anyway. Doe did not see Reza pour her drink, but she accepted the drink and began consuming it. Upon information and belief, this drink not only contained alcohol, but other intoxicating substances. Okay, fast forward. And Doe informed Reza that she attended Grossmont High School. Reza, who was 21 years old, knew or should have known that Doe was a minor. Despite her age and inebriated state, he led Doe over to the side yard of the house where he told her to perform oral sex on him. She got on her knees and complied. Reza pulled her up from the ground, turned her around, facing away from the party, and used his penis to penetrate her vagina from behind. I mean, this is, it's awful. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Uh, Once inside, Reza threw Doe onto the bed, face first. Doe went in and out of consciousness while she was being raped, but she does remember some moments from the horrific gang rape. During this time, her phone was also taken. The men took turns having sex with her from behind while she lay face first on the mattress. She saw a light in her periphery as if someone was taking a video using a cell phone. Eventually, the rapist turned Doe so that one of them could force his penis into her mouth while another man performed oral sex on her. At one point, while Doe was in the bedroom, her friend tried to get inside the house from the backyard. Row one prevented her from coming inside. Doe was raped for about an hour and a half until the party was shut down. Doe stumbled out of the room, bloody and crying. Her nose, belly button, and ear piercings had been pulled out, and she was bleeding from her vagina. The pretext, this it continues, the pretext call with Eraser occurred the following day, October 28, 2021, at approximately 8.15 p.m., during the call, he confirmed having sex with Doe, even telling her that she should get tested for STDs. When the detectives heard this, they instructed Doe to say, wait, what STD? Or is it told Doe that he had tested positive for chlamydia, at which time Doe was instructed to say, quote, so you know what to get tested for? Okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. To cement the criminal case against Teresa, the detectives asked Doe to ask again, and did we have actual sex? The detectives knew that asking such a direct question like this might raise red flags for Areza, which they tried to manage by telling Doe to ask the question, quote, when, when you can bring it up again, as expected. However, when Doe asked the awkward question, Areza immediately changed his tone, saying, this is Matt Areza. I don't, I don't remember anything that happened that night, at which time he terminated the pretext call by hanging up on Doe. And I'm sorry to say that out loud, but this is the lawsuit. This is what's being accused. To his credit, right, he denies this. He says that this isn't what happened, that he looks forward to clearing his name. Um, but th- this is what the Buffalo Bills were dealing with, and this is something that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean said they took very, very seriously in late July, yet their actions, in my opinion, uh, do not suggest a team taking it serious. I mean, we're both dads. There's no. a lot of dads out there, sons, brothers, it's every, yeah. sisters. Well, it's I don't know how you read that, have a soul, and employ somebody being accused of things like that. <clears throat> and it's accusations. Well, I get it. It's sensitive. <clears throat> it's unbelievably sensitive. Um, and there's an investigation ongoing. But holy shit, Jim. 
Yeah. I, I just don't know how some teams may have known about this and some teams didn't. And that's where for him to get through the whole, because scouts talk, teams talk. You know, this thing had to be pretty, like I said, some teams may have known something, but I just feel like that's something that would get out. I mean, scouts would say, hey, are you getting, did you hear what I heard about what might go down with, I mean, you do that. So I just don't know how this thing didn't break sooner, but there's no way you could know anything like that and draft that guy. There's just no way they had any details. There's no way. When it comes to Matariza, like, there's, did, yeah. Did you and how did he like? With, how did he not community? tell anybody? That tells you a lot about him. You're right. I'm serious. If if because I don't think the Bills would ever draft. I don't think I don't think any team would draft him if they knew anything like that. I don't. It was kept pretty quiet to the NFL. It had to have been. You know that that's why with 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 the Riza, I mean, there's so many guilty parties here. There's him, there's the Bills, there's San Diego State, there's the investigators. I mean, she I would say, went yeah. to police the next morning. Um, but we're talking about the Bills here, and at some point they did have this information. Look, they did finally eventually cut him, but this just speaks a lot to the real NFL. I mean, this is the dark side that the Bills aren't alone. It's about winning, first and foremost, right? Like you said, culture over winning. It wouldn't have gotten to this point if that was the case. No. You want to, you want to find the right players for your culture to help you win. Right. But talent, winning, you're, you're, part of the culture is that guy better be good enough to help us win. Where do they go from here? I mean, are people are people just going to forget this by the time mm-hmm. the ball's kicked off on the 2022 season? Be it, and I'm not even just talking fans and public. What about internally, right? I mean, these are grown men with families. Yes. I wonder, um, you know, when they have a head coach preaching accountability, what they think. I feel like. I feel like they're they're going to be professional and it's a job. I, I do feel that way. I think it's still time to celebrate how hard and passionate this current team is about winning a Super Bowl for the city of Buffalo. Okay, think about the the amount of of this punter wasn't part of that heartbreak they just went through. Okay, they, he wasn't a part of that. He just came on the scene. Those guys don't really give a shit about him. I can promise you that this team is going to, they're going to do everything they can to win a Super Bowl for the city. And I I just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you can't let, to me, you don't want to let somebody that sick ruin what's built here and what we know that, you know, the bills have a track record of player drafting players of high character. I mean, that's true. 
I do feel that way. I, I just don't think they knew anything. But. You know, what I hope doesn't happen is a moment mid-season when this is referenced as some point of adversity that they overcame, <laughs> right? Some triumphant overcoming of, no, this is a cluster, you know what, of your own doing. like Major distraction. Like the Bills brought this upon themselves. Maybe not initially to your point with the draft and what was right. then. I'm talking about like I guess. everything that happened these last three, four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know what? It's what, what crossed my mind, Jim, it, when you have a really talented team and you see it uh, for different reasons, different circumstances, but sometimes that really talented team is its own worst enemy. And maybe, maybe the, this is just a sign to the Bills. The only team that can beat the Bills is the Bills. And whether it's on the field, off the field, um, here, here's a hypothetical. I mean, if this isn't a punter, like say it's a running back, a wide receiver, are they cutting that player just as easily? Or are they? Yeah. You think so? I do. I do. A star player? I do. That's good that, to hear. I do. There's no way you could. I don't see. I think to your point, you have to look your teammate. You got to look your team in the eye. They're fathers too. Mm-hmm. You can't, there's no way that if you don't even need to be a father. I mean, you have to have a heart. I just don't, you have to cut anybody. That if, if, if any of that is true, it's. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a punter. It's, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like this, they kind of got greedy. You know, they were able to look past this stuff for a punter. Like that just shows you how, all consumed they are with winning right now. You know what I mean? Like when you hear, hear this stuff, I it's know. a punter. Just give the job to the other guy. Hell, I mean, I, myself included, like I, I, I struggle even saying his name. Ariza. Ariza. Hell, uh, people, people can't see the dude's name and he's a punter. What? That would be the. This, I, this is the, yeah. the hill that you are choosing to. Oh, I'm spell there, Jim. This is the hill you're choosing to. Like, stay on through August until no. that story came out. I think I, that is the yeah. That's re- really the question: is when did you find out, and how how did you not? I don't know how you didn't react right away. When did you get the details? Regardless, you don't think it will. You don't think it's going to linger. I don't. I don't. It's your heart. Like, I just, I can't tell you how much. I'm not even saying that they didn't like him. They may have really liked him. And he may have been fitting right in on the team and everything. He, he is not going to get in the way of how hard they've worked. Well, there were some great questions asked at the press conferences, you know, that uh, Friday night of the game and then Saturday. And, and I can't remember who asked it, but should – I think the question was, I'm paraphrasing, like, do you need to change your vetting process? Like, does something need to change here? Because clearly it, it oh. slipped through the cracks, and that's putting it kindly. Um, there needs to be – Yeah. Maybe this is where – you know, I, I get it, like, being said, you know, not, not police, but you are – 
a business. You are a corporation. You do investigate. Like you yes. do, I mean, these are employees. You do need to do your due diligence when you claim you're doing that. No, I, it's, I just find it hard to believe. One thing I always felt like is I felt like we knew everything pretty much about every player in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like as long as I can remember, like the Lyle Collins thing is always, you know, we talked about that. Yeah. You know, that was wild, you know, and he didn't get drafted, you know, because of that. that's a first round pick. So it tells you that it, it's, you, they couldn't have known. They could how not. How difficult have. is that as an area scout? I mean, that, that's how you cut oh, your teeth. Well, no, like, yeah, Collins was a little different because that was kind of happened right at the, oh, for an area scout right now, it's right. it's hard. It's when you're hard. investigating a guy, Jim, I mean, you were in that position. Oh, What are oh, you yeah. doing to learn about every I, prospect that you can? Look, I, we talked about the Aaron Hernandez stuff, you know, when I was scouting down there. And it it was – I always told, you know, the Coach Payton and Mickey Loomis, I, I don't know details. I know there's a lot in his life that is scary. Like, he lives hard. You know, I knew who he was around, around really rough, you know, rough people. Um, so we knew enough that, you know, the whole NFL knew enough to keep looking that there was something there. And I mean, really, to be honest, you know, it was just that his was almost like he still was clean at the end of the day. Like he got drafted. It was just people were scared of what he was maybe capable of. So we knew, I guess I'm saying, I, I felt good about that. I remember feeling like as a scout, like, because he was, I mean, we all know he was just first round. He's one of my all-time favorite players I've ever watched play football. I mean, he was so naturally gifted. Um, and I, I remember feeling like this is just, this stinks. Like, it's a guy you want on your team so bad. So anyway, I just don't think, there's just no way they could have known. But the area scout right now, that's a tough one. What did you really know about you go back right away? Okay. I guess I should have hammered that a little harder or, you know, it not much came from, you know, I wasn't getting from the coaching staff that it was a big deal and whatever. I just, we just don't know what they, what was out there, but there's no way, there's no way that info was out. I mean, if you took them, you didn't know. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean the bills aren't, questioning every single scout that went to that school and scouted him. I mean. I imagine if there is any inkling of a red flag and in, in you're an area scout, Jim, like you're, I mean, you're talking to coaches, you're talking to police, you're and talking you, to teammates. You go so far as to, you need to, yes, you need to get it to the people that need to know. That's your number one job. You, you just have to say, look, I don't know the details, like, but I know we need to do this or we need to look into this. I'm just talking about when you're on, when you have the boots on the ground though, like when you're studying these prospects, it's. Oh, when I mean, you're, you're actually you're like an this, investigator, oh, yeah. right? I mean, you're talking to everybody you can. Barbershops. Barbershops are where it's at. Really? You go, you oh, walk yeah. into a barbershop. Oh yeah. When I used to have to go. <laughs> But you seriously, that's always a known thing. Like, is always you're you're going to hear things. You'll 
You always hear, you can hear stuff. Hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I can't believe. Something this serious. I just, I don't know. All time. This is definitely an all time unique, crazy, sad story. And it looked like the absolute last place that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott wanted to be was sitting oh, talking about it. Because they have so much good going for them. And it's like, to have this hanging on you, and it might, I mean, it might to hang, it might be strange a little bit for. For better or worse, though, I feel like the head coach can like re-lock into obsessive football mode. Yeah, right? yeah, it's still, it's your job. Part of the reason it's, they got into this jam is being. It's your job a little too emotionless about these situations, but they'll be able to kind of shift back into it, I think. Oh, yeah. No, it's a – yeah, they, they have to fight through it and move on. That's a, that's a, it's, that's the reality of that, that profession. All right. I think that's going to do it for this Yeah, episode. that was good, man. That was good. Not so chipper episode, but a necessary no. one, eh, Jim? No, it wasn't. But definitely uh, well done. I mean, like – reading that I, I hadn't read that so that was good tough to do it's just a snippet that's tough to and, do yeah i mean it's hard to say hard to hear but no it's, it's this, gross. Is, this is what we're dealing with so yep all right everybody thank you so much for listening um go along td.com we'll have features up for the start of the season coming starting this thursday and friday cannot wait to share these with you all so if you don't subscribe Give it a whirl. We appreciate it. Thank you.